your thought, to be able to gain entrance into your thought, to be able to come into the life inside your thought this morning, in the name of Jesus. Father, as we're going to ask, Father, that you would help me. I pray for your help this morning. Let help be made available in the name of Jesus. Father, I submit under you. I put myself under. I ask, Father, that you will speak to your people in the name of Jesus. Father, I ask that you would help this frail frail vessel. I uh, ask that you would help this body, this lips, this mouth. Amen. I ask that you would send your help even to speak to your people this morning in the name of Jesus. Amen. Father, you are the one that know the intent and you discern our heart. Amen. We ask, Father, that you would give us access into your word, able to reach every heart this morning in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, because you've answered our prayers. Father, we thank you for your loving kindness. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you, Father, for all that you do. Father, we pray that by your mercy you will grant us help this morning in the name of Jesus. Father, I surrender totally. I I surrender. I come under. I I submit to your will. I, I come helpless this morning. Uh, no will of mine. I put. I submit every will of mine to you, Amen. in the name of Jesus. Let help be granted. Amen. Let spirit be made available. Yes, Thank you, Father, because you've answered our prayers. For in Jesus' mighty name, we Amen. have prayed. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Uh, welcome this morning. And uh, you can welcome your neighbor online. And just uh, for those that are joining online, you are welcome with us this morning. Uh, thank you for uh, joining us and uh, for being steadfast in the spirit. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Amen. Praise the Lord. Um, can we open the book of Romans chapter 10 this morning? Amen. Amen. So we're going to the book of Romans chapter 10. Uh, I'm just going to pick off from where we last stopped on Tuesday. Um, I believe we wanted to actually just go into the details of that passage. Before uh, you know, we started talking about the soul, right, and uh, being able to identify the the state of the salvation uh, at at new birth, Amen. Amen. Uh, and I believe the reason for for that is because we are looking to just establish um, the aspect of the gospels mm. that. Uh, 
Paul was referring to in Romans chapter 10. And I'm just going to read from verse 1 to uh, 18, I believe. It's a little bit of a long read. Uh, not that long. I said, Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. Uh, amen. amen. Um, before I continue, I just want to encourage everyone listening online. Uh, if you're listening, uh, don't just uh, listen to me reading the Bible alone. Uh, just you know, take your Bible, open your Bible, and uh, follow as uh, we read these passages. It's, it is good. And it also helps uh, to understand just so that you are familiar with the passage. Uh, you know, it's a different thing when you just hear it and then you are listening to it. Uh, you may not really, really, really get uh, the spirit of the of, of the message. But uh, each time, you know, you are listening and they are reading a passage, uh, make sure you are not just listening to, you know, the streaming and then you are listening to what has been read. Follow along. Uh, take your Bible and just read along with us. Amen. Amen. So Romans chapter 10, verse 1. So brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. Verse 2. For I bear them record that they have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. For they, being ignorant of God's righteousness, and going about to establish their own righteousness, have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. For Christ is the end of the law, for righteousness to everyone that believe it. For Moses described the righteousness which is of the law, that the man which doeth those things shall live by them. But the righteousness which is of faith speaketh on this wise. Say, but the righteousness which is of faith speaketh on this wise. The righteousness which is of faith speaketh on using this wisdom. Mm. Say not in thy heart who shall ascend into heaven. That is to bring Christ down from above. Or who shall descend into the deep. That is to bring up Christ again from the dead. But what saith it? The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thy heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness. And with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture said, Whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear 
without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, How beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace. I read it again. How beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. How beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah said, Lord, who hath believed our report? So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. But I say, have they not heard? Yes, verily their sound went into all the earth, and their words unto the end of the world. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. So I read uh, verse 15 again. It says, How shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, How beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. Amen. Amen. Uh, I know many times, <laughs> I don't know if, I don't know, you know, if it's just me, but you know, a couple of times, Heaven has specifically talked about the feet of the gospel, right? And um, most of the time, when things like this come, um, the way we interpret them uh, matters a lot. And uh, sometimes it is easy to confuse the things that is being said. You know, maybe we don't understand them. Um, and I know, you know over time, I've, I've been I've been trying, and I hope that God is you know is helping us to really. See with the eye of the Spirit mm-hmm. uh, the right way to begin to see these things. Amen. Amen. Um, I, I know I've mentioned it, but if I haven't, um, the best way to understand these things, right, is to understand them as doctrines. It's a doctrine. Understand what a doctrine is for. Understand how doctrine raises men. Amen. Amen. Um, Without doctrine, men can't be raised. Without doctrine, there's no expression of life. Amen. Um, you, can't, you can't just give a soul anything. Right? A soul can't hold anything that is not a doctrine. The soul must be able to receive a doctrine in order to live, in order to have a sense of hope, direction, to have a sense of life. Doctrine is the way life is communicated to the soul. Amen. Is that clear? Um, So... I just want to, you know, encourage you so that we see that uh, nothing in this world or nothing, nothing happens to you and I as human beings uh, just for the sake of it, right? I mean, the life 
every soul is living is not by accident. The life that every single soul is living is not by accident. A spirit cultured the life that is embedded in every soul. That life is as a result of a doctrine learned. Right? So people don't just wake up and decide that today uh, I just want to love you know, sleeping with men. You know, a man, a man would just wake up one day. Oh, I, now I love men. Just does, just doesn't happen like that. That idea must have been preached, and preached, and taught, and taught over time, until that the, that teaching fully find expression. And the the aim of every doctrine is to bring a reign of life. Does that make sense? The, the intent of every doctrine is to bring about a reign of life. Amen. Amen. So when spirits begin to teach men Right, they're not just teaching them because okay, we'll teach you and then you take it and then that's it. No, there is a wisdom behind the teaching, right? They, so they don't just teach us to do something so that when we do, we just feel bad. Oh Lord, I'm sorry, you know, and then you know, we'll repent or different things or things like that, right? Um, or Maybe, you know, you just get a thought and you begin to you know, just think on that thought for a while and think on that thought. After a while, you begin to accept it, right? So they, they didn't just teach it so that you just accept it and that's it. They didn't just teach it so that you take it and that's it. The aim of every doctrine is to bring about the establishment of a kingdom. The reign of what? Every doctrine is to bring about the establishment of a kingdom. Amen. So when you talk about a king, when you talk about a king, the establishment of a kingdom, right? It's not. It's not just by, you know, we are on earth, so that's the kingdom of this world, and then Jesus is in heaven. Oh, God is in heaven. That's the kingdom of heaven. The the way you can tell. The expression of the kingdom is the, is the kind of life that's reigning. Is what? Is the kind of life that's reigning. And this aspect of the kind of life reigning is what most human beings are blind to. Eh? Now, how you, how you know it is very simple. Just look at what men are doing. That's how you tell the reign of that life. That you are, whatever you see that is, that, is, that is easily accepted by men is, is, is a prevailing life or is a prevailing kingdom. Amen. Amen. Um, so when you look into the world, now they, 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 no, it's not hard to 
to distinguish that that uh, no rain. You know, for for us when we when we started growing, in, you know, in the spirit, perhaps you know the idea of ah, you know, you know, don't be conformed to this world. Though you know, you are a Christian. You know, there's a way we even find we have we found pride in being able to separate ourselves from the world, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, ha, me, I don't. You know, when we say, oh, me, I don't go to club, I don't party. You know. No, there's a there's a way we can you can you can you know establish your righteousness in that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, so that when you are just with your friends and they begin to talk about uh oh my god that party was awesome. So you yourself, although you know there's that aspect where somebody might feel you know intimidated because they you know they're still being tempted by that life in a way. But there's a way, you know, if you are kind of a disciplined Christian, mm-hmm. you've been able to set boundaries and set things in place. When they talk about it, like, ah, no, me, I don't go to club. I don't believe in that. You know, as a child of God, ah, you know, what, what are you doing in the club? <laughs> ah, me, I don't drink, oh, ah, drinking. No, that's bad. You know, you know, there's a sense how we feel people that do that are bad people mm-hmm. and who they are not doing that, we are okay. Mm-hmm. Right? Yes. Thank God for that separation. Yes, sir. Right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Amen. Thank God for that separation. Thank God for... Being able to, being able to separate, you know, that based on discipline, mm-hmm. right? But it doesn't mean that we actually have a reign of life, mm-hmm. right? It doesn't mean that we have a reign of life. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that we have established or we have even entered the kingdom. Mm-hmm. The purpose of the kingdom, right? Is for life to reign. Now, the word kingdom in itself expresses a form of reign, right? In the kingdom, there must be a king. And that king has a reign in that kingdom. So when you talk about a king reigning, right? Is a king that has influence in his domain. Right? The king determines the life of the people in his domain. So he's a king in that domain, which is which more makes that domain his kingdom. Amen. In that domain, there is a king. And that king, the purpose of that king is to make sure that every subject flows under his authority and rule. Whatever whatever he says, this is what you should do, this is what you should do. Anybody that goes against that is going against the rule of the kingdom. And what happens? The king will just, you, you are going to jail. Straight up, you know, there are many ways they deal with it. You know, people going against authority. So the purpose of king is to reign. 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 Amen. 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 Before I forget that thought, uh, I believe, you know, there's a, there's a way we can easily see people that, you know, talk about the world, uh, go to club and do all that, and then we'll be like, ah, oh, no, we are Christian, we are awesome. We don't do that. No, we are proud of that. Right? Which is good. 
which is good. We should be we should be proud of that, right? But when it comes to the reign of life, it's a different ball game. And also, even the people in the world, right? The people in the world, they are under a reign of life. And that reign of life, finding expression, is what they interpret as going to club, drinking, or smoking, and you know, different things that you know everybody would consider bad. Mm. Right? Now, no doubt, you know, drinking, smoking, going to club is bad. But there's, just, there's, there's a way we Christians, we interpret the world as that. And there's a way, once you see it, ah, that man is worldly. But being worldly goes much more than that. Way much more than that. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Uh, I just hope I'm, I'm just giving an introduction to, you know, doctrine, just to make us see the importance of doctrine, right? Now, I'm, I'm drawing a line between doctrine and kingdom, right? Doctrine and a reign of life. Now, when you talk about a kingdom, you talk about a reign. But the, the way you get a kingdom set is by doctrines. Right? Yes, now, if whatever the kingdom is about is what the law dictates. Right? If a kingdom does not support you sleeping at night, they will put it in their law. No man should sleep at night. Right? If a kingdom does not support you eating bread in the morning, they will, they will send out a law to all the people. Nobody should eat bread in the morning. Right? So you're not seeing how doctrine influences the rain, right? Now, if you want to put that in just a natural sense, now you now begin to see the natural kingdom, right? When you talk about countries, nations, begin to look at their laws, begin to look at what they, they stand for, right? Then you now begin to see the influence of spirit in the air. Amen. When you imagine now that everybody's, uh, I mean, we just passed the most, <laughs> we just passed the most interesting month of the year. Eh? I've never, I've never seen such a celebration before in my life, where a whole month, a, a whole month is dedicated to a thing. I don't know, maybe there is, so I just don't know it. I mean, the one at least in my time that I'm aware of, you know, I may be ignorant of many things, but the one I'm aware of. Is this last month of June fully dedicated to the LGBT community? Mother's Day is only one Sunday. Father's Day is only one Sunday. Uh, Christmas is only one day. What else? Well, Easter itself, they tried, they gave us three. Just a weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Oh, and that Monday, and that's it. Right? It's not even every. Because I know that in that Easter, there's two other days. It's not even. Everybody takes it too. So most of them just take one. But look at every celebration on earth. None last a whole month. I mean, 
where you see those kind of culture is where you you I mean according to scriptures is when you begin to look into the way Israel was led. Okay, this month you celebrate this feast. Throughout this month you do this, this that. Okay, this, this is what you do, and that's to tell you there's a sign to that. It's to tell you that that is the lie. That is the law, right? It signifies the reign of life, right? And then they dedicate they dedicate the whole month to the LGBT community. Why do they need the whole month? Eh? Why do they need a whole month? Right? I mean, why don't you just do one day and forget about it? Now they take the whole month of June, a whole 30 days. The intent is to indoctrinate men. It's not just, it's not just, you know, you know, you know for us, maybe evil Christians would just, oh, that thing, oh, nonsense, month, forget about it. Now, that thing is really doing something. Maybe to you, as a Christian, it's not doing anything. But it is filling the air. Almost everything is thinking of that thing. Movies, you see it. Um, shirts, they print it. Everywhere, flag, different things. What it was, was the, the aim, right, is to bring about a rain. You get to a point, eh? But I know God will go fight that thing. Amen. But if care is not taken, you get to a point. Hmm? You soon hear them clamoring for an LGBT to be a president soon. <laughs> now, no, usually stand soft. Start subtle. Oh, we are just a minority. Okay, since since other minority groups <laughs> have been. Which one has been as indoctrinated as this? Not even, what's it called? That, uh, what's it called? Although that one is also entering everywhere. Maybe Satan is tired of that. And now you're bringing up another weapon. Or that, one, that, one, that one is another one that's going to link to this one too. Because they seem to have the same life. And what I'm talking about is um, this overzealous uh, gender equality thing. Is it gender equality? No, it's not gender equality. It's uh, women. What's that thing? Feminism. Feminism. They call it a feminist. You know, there's also that aspect. I know. I don't know why there's not mask feminine. I don't know why there's no mas- masculinity. <laughs> Masculinism. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I mean. When 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 ladies are saying they are being. Oh, that we are family. This, this, that. We no, we have to be okay. Fine. Oh, all right. But have you realized that? Let's say a couple is going through a divorce or something. Who gets the most, the most asset? Is the lesser of the two. You get what I mean? But men now should not be saying no. They should not be doing that. Okay, we are no different. This, the sole summary of this is nothing just stems out of nowhere without a reason. Now, I mean, that doesn't, that doesn't mean, or that doesn't uh, mean that there are no, no men that are, you know, stubborn and pretty much dogs that, you know, maltreat their, their wives, right? There are, there, are, there are attitudes and there are things like that, but the, the, the problem and the solution is not, <laughs> the solution to the problem is not, is not raising, is not raising a, a, femini- a feminism group. 
right? Now, those things are things Satan can use as tools to fuel its own agenda, right? Even now, we started hearing that, oh, the true intent of feminism is not what we see today. You know, it is true. All kinds of things. Things like this that is not scripture-based can be easily hijacked. And that is why Christians shouldn't be too shouldn't be too drawn by these things. You know, there's a way you can just give yourself all to this kind of thing. Right? And in reality, and, and, and you see many people also fighting Christians that don't take it to ah, you, ah, no, 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 you're against, ah. I mean, it's, it's very, I mean, you don't even need to shout and it's very, it's there, scripture, it's very simple. If all of us can just follow that, we'll all be okay. Husband, love your wife. Wife, submit to your husband. Simple. The solution to all this problem, you know, it's just that, <laughs> it's just that simple commandment. If everyone can just come under this, do that the problem is solved. But because Satan wants to, has his own agenda, has, has, wants to propagate a doctrine, he will let everybody believe, oh, okay, see, you're, see they are maltreating you well, though. You need to speak up. Okay, you are speak. And then you give somebody, so it will come as, a, in short, it might even come as a revelation, self. It, <laughs> it might even come as a revelation. Oh, wow. I just had an enlightenment. We, bad things happen when good people keep quiet. Hmm. We must fight for our right. If we do nothing, nothing will change. And go ahead. It's all right. You're already romancing spirit. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Because uh, of time, let me just quickly move on. Amen. So the intent of our doctrine is to propagate a life, right? And the intent of that is for life to reign. When a doctrine has infiltrated the heart and souls of men, as infiltrated the air, you see that naturally the rain of life just begins to flow seamlessly. Amen. Amen. The rain of life is just going to flow seamlessly. Seamlessly. Now, because when that when doctrine as is in the air what people will begin to see are those things. They won't see anything else. What they begin to see is the doctrine. They begin to see the doctrine. They begin to see the doctrine. And by, no, by, by default, they won't have any resistance but to just do. You know, most men on earth, when they, <laughs> when, when they begin to look, is what they really just see. They just begin to flow. Oh, that one is happening. Oh, yes, yes. Oh, yeah, let's... Oh, that one is happening. Oh, yes, let's go, let's go. Don't you want to support this thing? And then the person will look inside. Ah, my moral compass says that this thing is bad. Oh, let me join. Oh, you come. Ah, let's join, let's join. Even Christians might be tempted. Ah, are you not going to speak up? Ah, oh my God, do you believe this is happening? And then you now begin to hear everybody. Oh, you see, it's not, it's not okay. Uh, I don't think it's okay for anybody to do this. Oh, let's join the movement. You now begin to see people begin to follow without even judging, right? Which is why in order to navigate this world in the times that we are, we need serious wisdom 
and judgment. And those things are not things we can come by naturally. They are things that we come into by growth. Wisdom, judgment, lots of righteousness. Because lots of righteousness sums up to judgment. Amen. Um, praise the Lord. The intent in my heart, right, is to make is to, is is hopefully to simplify these things I'm saying. So what I'm really saying is just uh, like a background, and uh, no, just to give you an idea into my thought this morning. Amen. Praise the Lord. So doctrine is needed and is essential, right? Without doctrine, we can't really access life, right? It is true doctrine that life is given. Amen. And that is why you will see in scriptures, they begin to mention doctrine. And they are, they are not mentioning it because they just want to, uh, you know, use the word doctrine. You know, we've learned by now that every word they use in scripture is not by accident. There's an intent in there. Amen. Praise the Lord. So you see here uh, in Hebrews uh, chapter 6. Amen. I just open Hebrews chapter 6 quickly. God will help me this morning. Uh, I'm looking for, for a way to just flow. Uh, because I haven't, I haven't forgotten um, just to connect the thought. Because like I said on Tuesday, I'm hoping that God will help us to start from the beginning. You know, start learning these things. So that, you know, when you hear things like righteousness, you hear things like doctrine, you know, they don't sound too foreign. Uh, and even for some of us that has been, you know, listening to, to this word over time, you know, sometimes when we hear these things, we can easily get lost, um, you know, without, without understanding what they really mean. And my heart really is to help each and every one of us to be able to identify these things so that when we hear them, is not um, sounding as if it is extremely you know, difficult to understand or is something foreign to our thought. But these things that are actually laid down in scriptures. Amen. Amen. So we'll go to Hebrews chapter 6. Amen. <clears throat> so I read Hebrews chapter 6. It says, Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on unto perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith, towards God of the doctrine of baptism and of laying on of hands and of resurrection of the dead and of eternal judgment. Amen. Amen. And this will do if God permit. Amen. So therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ. 
so you see here that there's something called the principle of the doctrine of Christ. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Principle of the doctrine of Christ is not easily understood, right? Because we don't know what the doctrine of Christ is. When we initially started our journey, I believe for myself, when I gave my life to Christ, I have no clue what the doctrine of Christ is. When I even read this passage, the uh, principle of the doctrine of Christ, honestly, I, think, I, don't, I don't think my mind was able to capture beyond the things that we've heard that we should do to be like Christ, you know, love your neighbor, just, you know, be good, go to church. I don't think, uh, you know, pray, pray for people, read your Bible. You know, there's a, there's a way we understand Christianity at that time. So when I talk about the principles of the doctrine, uh, to me, I'm saying it at, oh, this doctrine, this is the principle of it. This is what, this is what sums up the doctrine, right? This is the principle of the doctrine. Oh, this is what the doctrine speaks about. Do this, lay of hand, right? But it's just, just weird that, you know, for some weird reason, we read it, and then we don't even, we don't see what it says, let us move on, on to perfection, right? And those are uh, different, what, what Paul is using the wisdom of the Spirit to write here are different landmarks in the Spirit. So, what we refer to as the principle of the doctrine of Christ is what we are all exposed to when we all get born again. And in that doctrine, there are many things established in there. Amen. So therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on unto perfection. Not laying... So now, and I began to speak about those principles. Because he's saying, leaving them, moving on to. So therefore, it makes sense that not laying again the foundation means that the foundation is already laid. Right? You see? So that the foundation is already laid. So not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works. And of faith towards God. So what, what does that mean? It means that these are the foundation of the doctrine. Does that make sense? Father, we thank you. This is what? The foundation of the doctrine. This is what, what the doctrine rests on. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Now, <laughs> God help us. These are the foundation of the doctrine. It means that if you don't have this foundation, you can't really have the doctrine of Christ. Because you notice what the scripture says in Isaiah is behold, I lay in Zion a foundation. Amen. 
Which means that if you are to become a foundation, you must have the principles of the doctrine of Christ. You must have those principles. Right? You must have the principle of repentance from dead works. You know this repentance is awesome. Imagine somebody that is learning Christ that has no repentance in them. Hmm? When you do something, eh? <laughs> let's say maybe you goofed. Eh? If you don't have repentance inside you, you won't, you won't have a way to turn. Right? So there are things that the principle teaches. Amen. 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 Ah, God will help me. God would help me. Amen. Uh, it's like I'm zoning into the teaching. But I feel this honestly. Ah, if only God can help me. I feel this itself is, is, is might be a little bit too strong too. If <laughs> people are laughing at me. Might be a little bit too strong. I mean, because what I when I said I really want really 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 want to go to the beginning. That was really in my heart. And I'm trusting God for that. That one way or the other we'll be able to enter it well. Amen. Uh, and I also know that God doesn't just say things by mistake. Now, when God was talking to us on Tuesday and said, feet help, help feet, right? And that's what brought us to this Romans chapter 10 that we started with, talking about the, the, the feet of the gospel, right? Now, that is supposed to help us. Uh, one which is the gospel of peace and the other which is the gospel of good things, right? Glad tidings of good things. That's what Paul called it, right? But where this is really coming from is from Isaiah, and funny enough, this thing is actually connecting that same Isaiah. Right? Because now we're beginning to talk about foundation. Right? Um, and of course, in that Isaiah, uh, we want to talk about that tidings of good things. Right? He's talking about God bringing uh, his doctrine to us. Now, and, and that's what brought us actually teaching doctrine. Yeah. Right? And then in this doctrine, we're now talking about foundation. Right, uh, you ought to have a foundation. You must what have what a foundation. A foundation. Yeah. You can't build a building without foundation. So, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith towards God. So that tells you that faith towards God is also a foundational material. God is a master builder. God is a what? Master builder. Inside doctrine, there are doctrines. 
right? You notice here that he said in, in Hebrews chapter 6, he said, therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on unto perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith towards God. You see, and of faith. So it's the foundation of repentance and of faith. So there's a foundation called repentance and there's, a, and there's also a foundation called faith towards God. But they are all foundational knowledge. And here's where the problem is. If the foundation be destroyed, what can the righteous do? What that statement is really saying is not saying that the foundation is not there. You know when I say destroyed, there's the way we think of destroying means no, utterly expunge the whole thing, just remove it, destroy it. You know, we think of destroy, destroying something as something rendered useless and broken in pieces, yeah. right? But there's an aspect of a destroyed foundation that is together. Now, an example of it is when you hear, oh, you can repair a child, or you can repair a broken adult. Wow. That adult has a foundation. It's not okay. Is it? That, so you now, you now have people with bad moral compass. <laughs> right? I'm just using that as a worldly view just to explain thing, this, 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 this thought. You can have a foundation that is destroyed but it's still standing. Now, I'm having a sense, maybe this will lead us back to the beginning because now we're talking about foundation. Right? So this, this foundation is a very important aspect of growth. You know, there's a way when we have grown and we come into light and, oh, it generally goes awesome. Ah, spirit, I'm learning spirit. Okay, good. As I'm learning spirit, ah, I'm growing. Ah, me. When my tongue comes like this, it's like thunder. Ah, when I'm interpreting tongue, there's a way it comes. It flows like this, and then all goes just descend up. Ah, even when I'm speaking my tongue, my tongue is different. When there's a way I used to speak tongue, but now I don't speak tongue like that again. There's a way you ought to speak tongue. That is itself the sign of a prob- of a problem of a problematic foundation. <laughs> Amen. You say what? It's a sign of a, of, of a destroyed foundation. <laughs> Amen. A destroyed foundation. Ah, thank you, Holy Ghost. A destroyed foundation is not just, it's not a, it's not a foundation that is in pieces. The picture Holy Ghost just gave me now is a destroyed foundation is a foundation that has a tendency to weigh against Christ. Which is why God in himself is bent on repairing the foundation. Right? So if the foundation be destroyed, what can the righteous do? You know, there's a way when we, when we listen to that scripture, there's a way it comes to us as if, oh, when the foundation is destroyed, oh, the righteous cannot do anything, oh my God, what can that? Or sometimes, I think, and for the most time, for me, I actually... Don't the, the focus is if the foundation be destroyed, 
That what can righteous do doesn't really mean anything to me in my head because I don't even know what a righteous is. Because I just summarize a righteous person as somebody that is born again, as a Christian. But that's not true. One eye is open, and I'm like, oh no. A righteous person is not just a person that says the truth when they should. There's an, you know, there's an, there's an idea of righteousness, a righteous person. A, a man is a man of integrity. All those things are good. It's good to have integrity. But that thing has to be built by the Spirit based on growth. And you'll notice most of the things we do, we... <laughs> Thank God. Let's go back to Romans. <laughs> Romans 10. That thing we do eh, is what Romans 10 verse 3 is talking about. Say, for they, being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness. Have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. <laughs> Holy Ghost is too wonderful. Eh? You know, this thing, see this verse 3 is a message that's in the air. Right now, if you can descend it, it's in the air. Right? There's a way we establish our own righteousness. Say so then, be ignorant of God's righteousness. Now tell me, are they really ignorant of God's righteousness? So that we can d- dig down into the thought of the scripture. Paul saying something. Say so they be ignorant of God's righteousness. Do you know that Israel knew God's righteousness? But he said they are ignorant of God's righteousness. So what is he saying? Just the fact that you have the law of righteousness, you know it, doesn't mean you know it. You can have it as information, but totally ignorant of it. Does that make sense? You can have the information of righteousness, they can, you can have a Moses that will bring it to you. Thou shalt not. Thou shalt not. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God. But there could be a problem in really, really understanding and knowing the righteousness. If not, Israel wouldn't have ignored the righteousness of God and then go about to establish their own. Now, most of us when we begin to hear word and we begin to change, you know, we have a sense of change, there's a way we establish our righteousness. You could be in, have a man of integrity. We are devoid of grace. Amen. So for they being ignorant of, the, of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. And that's where the problem is. Yes. We are, the reason why we are going about to establish our righteousness is because we've not submitted to the righteousness of God. Being able to submit to the righteousness of God is not copying righteousness. Yes. 
And that's the way you can copy righteousness. You know what? You don't copy righteousness. Any righteousness you learn, and there's a way God do it in such a way that you can learn from, all, from people. Now, where we make a mistake is that when we are learning from people, we don't, we don't learn the grace behind it. You know, you might, maybe you just see someone just put this phone, or let's just say you might see someone that just, you no, know, maybe someone responded to their wife in a way, oh, wow, awesome. Ah, I should be like that. Which is true. That's the first step. Being able to identify it is a huge step. It's a huge progress. Now, there's not the aspect of submitting to the righteousness. The righteousness is not telling you, okay, you've seen me now. We are going to do it anyhow. As you see it, the righteousness should be telling you, okay, now submit to me. And in the, it's in the place of submission you recognize grace. When you don't, when you are not submitted to the righteousness, you won't come into the grace of righteousness. The grace of righteousness is a sign that righteousness has been established in you. Amen. Amen. Now. There's a way we think about righteousness whereby you say, he that doeth righteousness is righteous. Right? And we think about it as, oh, because you do righteousness, that is why you are righteous. But we never thought that it is actually because the person is righteous that he is able to do righteousness. Right? So, he that doeth righteousness is an already righteous person. Amen. It's an already righteous person. So the way we think about these things is backwards most of the time. So the scripture, let me go back over to the scripture that I brought us into this thought, which says, if the foundation be destroyed, what can the righteous do? The foundation that is faulty, that has a tendency to war against Christ, is a destroyed foundation. And that foundation, when there, you won't have fully learned righteousness. Therefore, what can the righteous do? The righteous can't do. Right? Because of faulty foundation. Now, most in areas where we are not able to apply good judgment is because somewhere, when you trace it, there's a foundational problem that has led to either misinterpretation or inability to understand righteousness. So that when you go about doing righteousness, you're not really doing righteousness. Now, that what can righteous do? That statement of do. It's not just you arranging, okay, I'll be doing this, I'll be doing that. Is a that doing is a grace a righteous person has come to for to do. Amen. So if the foundation be destroyed, what can the righteous do? So foundation is very important. 
I think that is the the core of the message today. I mean, of course, we are still talking about the do- you know these doctrines. Amen. Amen. I mean, it's, it's a mixture. Maybe it's because of our hunger. You no, know, God knows what is in our heart. For some of us, it's like you know, we wanted to learn you know, something. So the way these things are coming. Amen. Me, I know it's not possible to do everything in one day. It's not possible to even do everything on Tuesdays and Saturdays alone. But we, as God will help us, we we'll do, we'll do what God helps us with. Amen. Um, there's a there's a lot to learn foundationally. Hmm? There's a foundation of submission we should know that we don't know. There's a foundation of leading. That we should know that we don't know. There's a foundation of serving that we should know. Now, where foundation begins, I in little little things you won't even identify as foundation. As simple as serving in church. Eh? Going to church, submitting under. You know, all those little little tiny little little things. That may not necessarily seem seem okay. You know, you know. I, do you know how many of us have had a thought? <laughs> you know, when it comes to submission, you know, there's a way we we know. Okay, I can submit to this one. I can submit to that one. <laughs> no, there's a way you pick who. I, let me pick. Okay, let me let me let me gauge this one. Okay, okay, all right. Oh no, no, no. That one I can't submit to that one. Let me. No, no. I'm sorry. No, no. And then. The idea is we, bec- we become leaders of ourselves. And we say only God is leading us. <laughs> That's the way you lead yourself. After, after a while, you become master of a leader. Master leader. <laughs> when you now see those kind of things, you now see you know, when such souls, you know, is... Fighting with authority one small way, or maybe that so now gets married and then that so can't submit or love, you know, different, you know, now start seeing different, different, different things. Then that will now be, will now be praying, God help me, oh, please don't let me submit, oh. And then you see men too, pray, Lord, oh, let me love my wife, oh. <laughs> That's where problem is coming from. See, see different, different places of, of issues, foundational issues, and things that perhaps we might be able to overcome if we, if our foundation was thorough. And I mean, of course, we can't, we can't take back you know, the time. I say, let me, just based on circumstances of how we grew, right? But nothing is impossible for God. It is those kind of things. It's not impossible for God to fix. It's not impossible. In short, there is grace to fix them. Eh? God is God can fix a broken potter. Eh? There's nothing God can't fix. He has the wisdom. God is not bankrupt of wisdom to fix any situation. It's not. 
God is what? Wise enough to fix every destroyed foundation. Amen. Amen. The foundation is what we refer to as what sincere milk will build. Sincere milk of the word. As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word. That's what? That you might grow thereby. You notice that one thing that is in the heart of the apostles is to grow men. Now, if you don't get anything out of anything I'm saying, or maybe when, when you are any word of righteousness, you are, it's, it's starting too high or something you can't understand, just know this. The aim of the message is to grow you spiritually. So if you can understand what spiritual growth means, you are okay. Just grasping that. And also, it is true, many teachings, the revelation of doctrines, that is how we get to learn. Amen. Praise the Lord. Now, the doctrine of Christ is not the only doctrine to learn. It's not the only doctrine to learn. Right? The doctrine of Christ is the doctrine that is built on the foundation. Then, that doctrine itself, when it grows, it becomes another foundation. What is foundation? Foundation is what the, the weight of the building can rest on. Christ is a weight. It needs a foundation. God is a weight. It needs a foundation. Right? I hope we can all understand this. So, no. Just imagine if something must stand on something, there must be something able to withhold that. Imagine you, you are standing on a, a chair. Right? A chair that has broken feet and is shaking. When you stand on it, you notice that you too will be shaking. Blue, 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 blue. Ah, you'll be afraid. Let me not follow. God can't stand on such a beauty. Yeah. <laughs> a beauty that is doing blue, 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 blue. Eh? <laughs> no, you now imagine, imagine you, you are God that is trying to stand on the table that is having a broken leg. When he's shaking, you'll be afraid. Say, ah, this, <laughs> let not my teeth come and break. Oh. <laughs> if you, you're a human being yeah. and you're afraid of a chair yeah. that does not have proper leg, so you, sh- do you think God should trust yeah. a beauty no. eh, or a foundation that is faulty? That is why if the foundation is not full, God can rest on it. It must be full. Christ must be full for God to rest on it. Eh? The principles of the doctrine of Christ must be full for Christ to rest on it. Now, I know today, now, for if, if perhaps somebody doesn't understand what I'm saying when I'm referring to Christ, um, I understand. Today is not the day that you know, the understanding will come. 
It might, you know. I can't withhold the Holy Spirit. But I mean, for me to explain it, because that, that is also a major aspect. Because when we hear Christ, eh, before God healed me of these two, it took a while. When I hear Christ, the first image I think of is that man that is Jesus. Right? But I don't think of Christ as a framework. I don't think of Christ as a framework. Christ is a name. Christ is a name of a framework that God set. Which Jesus Christ came to set. Does that make sense? Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. Our Lord. Came. To set up Christ. Christ is a name. That name has a meaning in the spirit. So anybody that can go through this same. Path that Jesus Christ went to. Can also become Christ. Christ is called the anointed one. And there's an anointed one. There's a point where you are anointed. There's a, now, I'm not talking about anointing, but when you go and pray 5-10 hours and then you feel anointed. Oh, ah, I cast down every mountain. That's not the anointing I'm talking about. That is a kind, but that's not really anointing. <laughs> that's not the anointing I'm talking about. There's an anointed man called Christ. Hebrews said it. Thou lovest righteousness and hated iniquity. Therefore God, even thy God, hath anointed thee with the oil of gladness. That anointing is not the same one you feel when you, you, you are praying. Suddenly you break into vision and then you begin to see things. That's not the anointing. They are different. That anointing that makes you to see things is the foundational one. It's called foundation. So we need to learn this foundation thing well. No, I'm rounding up. Amen. So we need to learn foundation well. It is important to understand the foundation of our faith. Hmm? It's important. You now notice that when people have an understanding, eh, they can stand firm. The reason why we are, we are fault and we can't stand, you know, every, any small thing, you know, confusion, is because we are not grounded. Eh? We are not what grounded in understanding. You notice Paul will not be praying that ye being rooted and grounded in love. You know, that's an aspect of grounding. The beginning of grind, you know, being grounded starts from milk. Starts from milk. What milk? Learning repentance, learning faith towards God, hmm? learning the doctrine of baptism, laying on of hands, resurrection of the dead, and of eternal judgment. These are the things Hebrews referred to. But when you begin to break all these things down, Inside it, you see Holy Ghost. You see Holy Ghost with gift. 
You see praying in the spirit. You see being anointed by the Holy Ghost. Being filled with the Holy Ghost. You see you know, being raised in studying and in prayer. You know, learning how to pray. Learning how to study the word. Learning to give yourself to the word. Right? Learning to sow yourself totally in the word. When you see men with, with sincere milk, eh? pure milk, in a way, and you that you are exposed to all the brothers, you'll be seeing life inside them. You'll be wondering, how did they get there? And they're not even hearing this. How? How? What's happening? Oh, there's a way pure milk flows and it begins to bring you into the life of Christ. You may not know it. You may not have understanding. It will begin to bring you in. Later, they will not bring understanding. So, the reason why you are like this is because this is what departs your journey. Some may not even know that what they are learning is word of righteousness. <laughs> right? But what? They had sincere milk. So, that some of us that even hear word of righteousness, when you are looking at them, you'll be like, ah, wow, can I be like this? How? Sincere milk. There's something sincere milk. And, you know, again, the problem is not that, you know, we, I want to say, let me, not, let me not put it that way. I just say that it's not, it's, well, it's not our fault, it's our fault too. It's, it's dependent on the exposure, right? If you are exposed to pure milk, of course you will grow thereby. But inside some sincere good milk, you see some aspect of superstition, you see some aspect of worry that does not, the things that does not matter. You see some aspect of, you know, loving your life. You see some aspect of wanting to have money in life. Different things begin to flow into the milk. Yeah. And the milk is no longer sincere. It's no longer sincere. What is it? Desire the sincere milk of the world. This sincere milk of the word will teach you spiritual things. Sincere milk does not put the hope of the gospel on anything natural or ephemeral. Or things that, you know, you can use and, you know, it will will die. Things that you can use and it will fade away. Things you can get and won't last. What you used to get things is your soul. It's not the money you used to buy it. Money is just a means to an end. What you use to buy things is not money. It's your soul. And your soul will control the money. How it is spent. Where it goes. So that even if we are not careful, <laughs> if, if we undo money to, in a way, money will begin to become a lord. <laughs> so you don't use money to buy things. It's your soul you used to buy. Mm. There are some things you don't have money for, but you bought it already in your soul. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. There are things you, 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 you don't have money to buy, but you already bought it since. But you just, to just make it manifest, you just have to use your money. It's like that. And nothing should be like that. Nothing, what, nothing should be too dire you know, that you, know, you must get. Nothing, nothing. Mm. If by now they say, okay, ah, this one, bye bye, okay, okay, no problem. Mm? And whatever wants to take something away, they shouldn't be wrestling with you. Let's take it, ah, no, take what away, ah, no, ah, come on, angel, leave that thing. Mm. Angel, 
some of us will be praying for angel to bring it. My angel, I send you go and bring my glory. No, we send angel on errand, right? But God will help us as I'm rounding up today. Foundation is essential. Foundation is important when it comes to growth. When we are in the body, we should learn the doctrine where we should learn foundation, right? We should learn what foundation, amen. amen. So, you see, you see here part of the foundation, right? It's all these principles of the doctrine, right? And then later, we begin, after the foundation, right? When we are getting to the fullness of the foundation, or when we are becoming a foundation, or we are about to be choosing for Christ. Right? Then we now see that we are beginning to be exposed to the gospel of life and peace. And that's what Paul was referring to, saying that, you know, uh, how beautiful are the feet of them that bring it good tidings. So that bring the gospel of peace. He is, Paul summed it up. What you call gospel of peace, actually, what you call gospel of good tidings. Let's go to Isaiah so that we'll read it and see. How beautiful are the feet of him that bring a good tidings, that publish a peace, that bring a good tidings of good, that publish salvation. Zion stone. Thy God reigneth, our Lord, our omnipotent reigneth. How beautiful are the feet of him that bring a good tidings, that publisheth peace, that bring a good tidings of good, that publish salvation. I said unto Zion, stone, God reigneth, our Lord God. Okay, so let's open to Isaiah 52, uh, verse 7. So verse 7, are we there yet? It says, how beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him that bringeth good tidings, that publisheth peace. And that's what Paul in Romans 10 called that bringeth the gospel of peace. So that's, that's where the wisdom of the Holy Ghost is coming from. That bringeth good tidings. That what? That publisheth peace. Amen. Before it gets to peace, peace is a point where they publish is a publishing point. Eh? When you publish it, you make it mass product. It's a mass production. Right? You publish. Eh? It's a point of publishing. It's a major stand mark, landmark in the spirit. Right? Now let it further. It says, that publisher peace, that bringeth good tidings of good. Now this is the, this is the other feat of the gospel. The first feat is 
good tidings. The second feat of the gospel is good tidings of good. Now this one, what does it publish? It publishes salvation. It means when you get to this point, that is a point where they can now publish salvation. Right? That's the second feat of the gospel. These feats are all helping feet. How? It is to, by the doctrine that this thing will grow us. Because it's a gospel being preached. Amen. So let's, let's read, um, so I think, I think I connected that. Uh, I, I know we are not done. It. We might still come back here to, to retreat it. But let's go to Isaiah 28 so we understand foundation now. Isaiah 28. Let's read from verse 16. It says, Therefore, thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I lay in Zion for a foundation, a stone, a tried stone, a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation. He that believeth shall not make haste. You see here, he said, Behold, I lay in Zion for a foundation. Now, see that foundation is very important, right? So, not laying again the foundation in Hebrews chapter 6 of what? Now, the reason why he's saying let's not lay again here is because the foundation is already laid. Let's no the foundation already laid. Let's not lay again. Because let's it says leaving the leaving the principles of the doctrine of God. Let us go on to perfection, not laying again. So it's not saying it's not being laid at all. Said it was it was laid. Let's not lay it again. Why? No other foundation has been laid at that which is being laid. No other foundation. Eh? No other than that which is what? Being laid. Which is Christ. So you say, okay, let's move on. There's no other foundation, but the only foundation we lay is Christ. Let us move on to perfection. That perfection there is also a mark in the spirit. So he's saying that oh, we've journeyed thus far. Let's now go to the next phase, which is perfection. Amen. So he now began to talk about what? Foundation. You now notice that in all these things, there are foundations in different places. When you get born again, you come into a foundation. The beginning of the preparing for the foundation of Christ. You actually, you actually come into a foundation. And that is why we should do every effort. Make every effort to learn the foundation properly. Let's not leave any stone unturned. Any opportunity to correct our foundation, let's correct it. Amen. Amen. Let us what? Let us correct it. Foundation is important. So, if you are a new Christian, don't play with your foundation. If you are a new born again, or maybe you begin to have a sense of a need to respond to God, 
don't play with your foundation. If you're already grown and you have the foundation destroyed somewhere, don't ignore it. Make sure that that foundation is addressed. And there's a way we can ignore a foundation and just keep building on top. You know what happened to such building? We just check after five years. They just notice that the building collapsed. Why? Uh, oh, there was actually a defect in the foundation right at the beginning. I think the engineer noticed it, but felt, you know, can just ignore it. And what happens in such, in such a case? Catastrophe. It's not, now, it's not now you see the problem. It's in the future. Those things will now become weights and sin. which don't easily be said. Not everything is sin or something are just weight. Just wait. Amen. Amen. Wait. Wait is weightier than sin. <laughs> Amen. But we're not going to go into that today. Amen. But I just hope that we've been able to identify this, this aspect of foundation. Amen. The importance of foundation building. The importance of giving heed or yielding ourselves to building a righteous foundation. Amen. Eh? Even though we are, and, if, and we should not you know, feel helpless or hopeless, even if right now we think that, ah, there's something wrong with our foundation, don't, don't kill yourself. Eh? Just cry to God. God can actually give help for to address foundations. Amen. But, but don't ignore it. Don't. When you see it, cry for help. Let heaven send help. To help address that foundation. And one of the ways God addresses foundation is to send light. It will give understanding. And then we are able to see, ah, that foundation is wrong. When you see that, God is already bringing help your way. And it's just a matter of submitting to the grace of God to help us to overcome every uh, limitation, every foundation that is broken. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Uh, I'll just stop here today, and then uh, as God helps us, we'll continue next time. Amen. Amen. Let's just begin to thank God for today. Father, we thank you. We give you all the praise. We thank you for your mercy. Father, we thank you. Jesus, we thank you. Eza, 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 eza. Eze ndele mosa, eze ne mota, e mateleveno moshita. Ezete, 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 ezete. O palita, o palita vendere manosa, humprakatala la manosha. E baste, e baste, e baste, e baste, e baste no moshita. E baste felina mata, e braste velenosha. Father, we thank you. Jesus, we thank you. Ebravanamoto, in Jesus' name. Let us begin. Let us pray this prayer this morning that we will receive help to address every faulty foundation. That in any way that we have a faulty foundation that we are not aware of, that even we bring them to light with the light of salvation. And God will give grace to repair every faulty foundation. Let us begin to pray. Malata, Evresinomota, Ebrata, Ebrata. Ebrata vanakate libra dosta, ebrante vanima, ebrazete, ebrazete, ebadete vanimosita, ebrasta, 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 
Ebrazoto Voni Makalita, Ebrata, Ebrata Nomo Stevenata, and Joseph. Oh, help, help to address every faulty foundation. E Master, Embravenamosi, Edeta, Edeta Manata, Mate Bragade Belletuna Mostia, Ebrazelia, Ebrazelia. Oh, Masete, oh, Masata, oh, Masete, Egreve de Moshita, and daughter, and daughter Lina Mosta, and Jetemina. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. Father, we thank you for today. Thank you. You dwell between the cherubim shine forth. You dwell between the cherubim shine forth.